0: And I'm George.
1: And this is
0: TransFantastic. Fantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. I, I can only think of a few things that we have written down that I have rejected several times already. Yes. Here's what I think we should talk about. Okay. Junk. 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 The affectionate or sometimes not affectionate term used for one's genitals or...
1: You want to talk about genitals.
0: That's why they call it junk, because they don't have to say that.
1: So what did you want to say about junk?
0: Well, first of all, just a little background stuff, because some while back we talked about sex and stuff like that. Okay. And, you know, at some point I'm sure we've touched on what a lot of trans guys go through, which is when they have their top surgery, they start having bottom dysphoria more. Mm-hmm. And for a while I, I kind of felt like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by the by, the lead of that yes. sentence, I, I don't feel as much like that. And what I'm trying to figure out is, am I really less dysphoric or have I done that thing I'm really good at where you can just turn that off? Either way, I'm more comfortable.
1: Yes. I think it's probably a combination of both. Your Your dysphoria has lessened as everything else falls into place. But then at the same time, you are also very good at adapting. And so as one reinforces the other, I think it's all just sort of turned the volume down, some of it organically and some of it adaptively.
0: Right. I mean, I still think about that. And because I think about it, I have noticed that it's not bothering me as much. And by that, I I mean, like some while ago, we had some conversations about don't talk about my dick to other people. Yes. Because it's my dick, and if somebody's going to talk about it, I should. Yes. Or at least not to random people. Like like some people, some more girly girls would have girlfriends, and they might do that. Yes. But they probably wouldn't tell their dude that, hey, they talked to her about your dick. You know what I mean? Right. And I still kind of feel like I, I don't want everybody talking about my dick, but here I am on a podcast talking about my dick. <laughs> yeah. Some of that still has to do with Safety. Yes, and the kind of issues that come up for people Mm -hmm. around safety and how other people look at you and what they decide if they can't quite put together the whole, you know, what exactly type of body do you have, which is what media always gets hooked up on,
1: and it's a reproductively enforced curiosity, that it has been evolutionary built into us to be curious about, can I stick my dick in it? I fully
0: agree, (laughs) which is why I don't find it surprising that people want to know that.
1: It's our biology that we are naturally inclined, if we are sexual beings, and not to discount the ace experience, but if you are inclined to have sex, and if you are inclined to reproduce, then... You want to know which one you can get.
0: Yes. And even if you're not inclined to reproduce.
1: Yeah. Which I recommend. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Definitely.
0: There's a lot of attraction to the process of sex for many people.
1: Yes. And if you have a limited reproductive or sexual orientation, then you want to know if somebody else's body suits your orientation.
0: Right. And then there are people who... That doesn't apply to, and they're just on a line. You know, they're going to hurt somebody, and that's the safety issue for trans guys, and Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing safety issue for women. It always has
1: been. Yeah, more so for women, but it's a safety issue for anybody whose body does not fit into the ideal of the terribly binary-minded and potentially violent idiots.
0: Yes. Hostile, I don't know. Yeah. Cavemen or something.
1: Yeah. So. So, yes, we don't discuss your dick in public.
0: I can see that point for trans women Mm -hmm. as well. Yes. We've heard lots of news stories about people not getting taken care of and dying or being mistreated and and so forth. There's a lot of news that's come about where trans women either get hurt or don't get taken care of in a health crisis Mm -hmm. because of... People freaking out about genitals.
1: It's no good.
0: No. For lots of people, for them not to know, this is what they don't quite understand when they are they have their curiosity. Yes. You know, and as trans people, we have our own curiosity. Mine is, did she get to have her surgery yet? Or did he decide to do this surgery or that surgery? Mm-hmm. Those are my curiosities. Yes. But I don't have any business asking them on radio or TV. no. You know?
1: Oh, for goodness sake.
0: <laughs> right. But I'll have those curiosities, and those are mine as a trans person. Yes. Otherwise, and... I don't really have an interest in what type of junk a cis woman has or what type of junk a cis guy has. I have no interest or curiosity whatsoever, really. Right. I don't think about it in the same way I might be interested in, you know, if they got to have their surgery, how did, how did they get their surgery? Did the insurance pay for it? See, mm-hmm. these are much more technical things.
1: Yes. It's, it's not a matter of, does your body fit my expectation of your body at that point? It's a matter of, are you being able to appropriately take care of yourself? Yes. The intent is different. Yes. The motivation for the curiosity is different. Okay, so back to
0: the dysphoria being less... Problematic at the moment. Good. Which is nice. For me, if I could have a surgery that would be what I wanted, I would have one. But the problem with it being what I wanted is it's a surgery. Yeah. It's not so much do I want meadow? Do I want fallow? Sure, whatever. I'll take one of those. I'd probably less go for fallow, even though I'd probably like the result. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of potential problems for me. And I, you know, I have as much trouble with taking my skin off of somewhere else that I do plucking my nipples off and putting them somewhere else. I just am not good at this part.
1: You you did not like that idea. And that's why you got the type of top surgery that you did, because you didn't want to remove and replace tissue. Yes. You just wanted to remove the wrong stuff and leave the right stuff there.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if they could grow me some skin and I didn't have to peel it off, then I, m- I would be more interested in that. And I know that soon insurance will pay for these things. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a darn shame. I have lots and lots of sick time I could take off, and I have insurance, and I'm not good at- with surgery. Surgery is difficult for me.
1: Your body does not respond well to it's, invasive procedures of
0: any sort. It's hard. It's hard. So like a lot of guys who can't or haven't been able to do a surgery, a lower surgery... Because of insurance or cost.
1: You learn to adapt. Being
0: a roadblock. My adaptation is out of comfort in my overall, the rest of my body. hmm Which is therefore without surgeries. Yeah. Or further surgeries, I should say.
1: Right. Your presentation is unmistakably male. Your chest is flat. And a couple places it's concave, but it definitely does not look
0: Yeah, and that's... that's that's because I chose not to pluck the nipples off if I right. had gotten the other surgery. But it would probably be pretty smooth with the scars on the bottom mm-hmm. and the nipples pasted on top.
1: Your it. muscle definition has become much more clearly male. Everything except the shape of your dick is typically male at this point. And your dick is shaped a little bit different. Yes. But it's still your dick.
0: Yes. So I I wonder how this will evolve because mm-hmm. I I never liked what I had. No. What, what I came with was the missing pieces. Yes. And so it it just it just was wrong from the beginning. I never liked it. But I'm not freaking out about it. And that probably has a lot to do with that sex is really good. Sex is really good. Yeah, all the nerve endings are very Uh-huh. aware of pleasure this point.
1: And you used to have so many nerve endings packed into such a smaller space that it was too sensitive. Yes. And that was occasionally difficult for sex. But since you've had some lower growth and everything's had a chance to spread out, it works really, really well.
0: Yeah, it's a happy thing. Yay. Yeah.
1: Go sex.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's my thoughts lately on, on junk. And I, I thought it's important because this is the kind of stuff that we go through. Dealing with our junk.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Do you want to say more about junk?
1: I don't know if I want to talk about my junk, but I probably should just because, like, as far as my comfort with my junk... What's the history of it? Well, for a long, long time, you know, growing up, I was just a person. And then when I started becoming a sexual person when I started having hormones and noticing that sex was a thing. Mm -hmm. I viewed my genitals as a tool, as a thing that I used to experience pleasure and to give my partners pleasure. But I didn't see it as, like, me. Right. And so I never really connected with how wrong it felt occasionally i would just be a little bit put off from sex or a little bit uncomfortable with my body but i was able to just adapt and put it back into
0: the context so- of a tool
1: yes mm-hmm. um somebody wants my pussy they can have my pussy they do good with my pussy they can have it all they want mm-hmm. and Right now, hearing those words come out of my mouth, the combination of my and pussy is... Baffling. It is.
0: Because I'm looking at your face. It's... (laughs) And your arms waving and your eyebrows scrunching.
1: (laughs) The things you miss on a recording. Yeah. It's weird. And this has all come about in about the past two or three years. As I was recovering from my last relationship, my long-term relationship with my kid's father who was emotionally abusive and occasionally sexually abusive and coming to terms with my own body being mine, where, you know, as a very young teenager, I was raising my siblings and my body was not here for me. It was here for cooking and cleaning and raising kids and then I was raising my husband, and then I was raising my own kids, and my body and my time and my me have never been for me up until recently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And being with you has enabled me to take back some ownership of myself and my body and my mm-hmm. time and my my me. Mm-hmm. And it has been an experience of realizing just, how dysphoric I am about my body that I really hadn't connected with before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before I would see, oh, I don't want a chest. It's inconvenient.
0: It, it is.
1: <laughs> I, I agree. And my junk looks wrong, but it works okay. So whatever. And over the past few years, and you see this happen a lot with people who first come out as trans and the dysphoria spike mm-hmm. when you come to terms with what's going on in your body and your brain and accepting that something is wrong, pumps that volume on the wrongness of it all. And for me, it's been a similar experience. It wasn't the coming out as a gender queer person, because I've always known myself to not be a binary individual, but it's been coming out as my own person and being able to have an opinion of my own body and have a sense of what it should or should not be
0: or do. And then having having some space for that makes you find out what the answers are to that.
1: Yeah. I'm still working on the answers.
0: Yeah, well, they're not so finite.
1: No, <laughs> no they're they are not. not. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't see transition as being a realistic option in Western culture and in America. Transitioning to I or to X is not a choice. To paraphrase the great and wonderful Ricky Wilchins, when I went to the doctor and told them I felt like a woman in a man's body, they gave me the appropriate treatment, hormones and surgeries, and they know what to do with me. And so they do what they are supposed to. If I went in wearing my Intersex Society of North America shirt and told them that I felt like a herm in a man's body, they would give me a completely different type of treatment.
0: Yeah, the go-away
1: treatments. Yeah, or or the padded room and the other kinds of hormones. Because
0: they don't know what to do.
1: Right, right. And so I don't really see that as a viable option at this point. And so far, we've been able to adapt. My junk is an access port.
0: How much do you think us transitioning from a visible queer relationship to a we look like straight people, how much do you think that's added to the situation?
1: I don't know. I've always enjoyed being visibly queer. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you do not mind. I know that for some trans guys especially, if their spouse or partner is not willing to play along with being in a straight couple... Then it increases their dysphoria, and they see it to be a social risk and I understand and respect that position if that was your position, we would have problems,
0: yeah, yeah, I imagine we would, but that would be a it would be a problem for me, which is why it's not a problem overall because I lived so long in the queer community that it's part of my identity and part of my family or Mm -hmm. whatever you whatever you want to call those parts of my life right and plus i'm i'm a trans guy Mm -hmm. i'm not a cis guy i don't have the experiences a cis guy has and so that's a little queer little bit yeah
1: in so many different (laughs) definitions of the term it's okay with us (laughs) it is and i love that and so our relationship i don't think that it has been problematic if Anything, it has been part of that opening up that space for me to explore my own identity, explore my own feelings about my identity and my body that I'm still coming to terms with and I still haven't, you know, come up with any solutions or answers or workarounds for, but if anything, it's been supportive in that process.
0: Supportive for you to go ahead and look at it some more. Yes. Okay. And I know that that happens to a lot of trans folks' partners, mm-hmm. where then some of them do end up coming out. And I don't know as much about the male-to-female trans community as, as I do with the guys, mm-hmm. the, the female-to-male trans folks. But I, I know there's a fair amount of guys who whose partners come out later. Yeah. And just like when the first guy came out, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Yes, and I think that's a good agreement and a good understanding to have going into anything like that is I love you and I intend to try to work through this with you and if it doesn't work, we have no hard feelings and we move on. I didn't think that that was going to be a problem for us and I'm grateful that it hasn't been. But yeah, I've seen that in a number of situations where the non-transitioning partner at first considers themselves to be monosexual and then has to completely reevaluate their orientation. And in the process, it brings up a lot of things about their identity as well.
0: Right. I sent you an email with a link to something I saw on a Tumblr or a Twitter or something.
1: Yes, I had seen that before. have to do about
0: this type of conversation. Yes. And I sent it right away this time because I didn't want to lose where it was. (laughs) I thought, ah, this is one of those things that I want to tell my wife that she might want to, you know, repost or something. So,
1: yes, that's good. And it will have been on our social media before this episode airs. So check last week's Tumblr or Twitter or whatever when you're listening. Do you remember
0: what it was called? Because it had words and I don't.
1: It was like exploding five myths of the non-binary community. And they were things like, you're not trans enough, or nobody will ever love you, or you can't transition.
0: Right. And I, the one that struck me was, you can't transition because you're non-binary. Well. And I I can see that from the quote you gave. Mm-hmm. You can't go in and say.
1: <laughs> you, yeah, I can't go in and say, yeah. I am psychologically intersex, just like the trans community will support 100% saying that you are psychologically male. Yes. And that a trans woman is psychologically female. And if I go in and I say, I am psychologically intersex.
0: That's not telling them what you them to do. I am psychologically
1: gender chimeric. They're not going to know what to do, and no. I would have to lead them along. And right now, that's not a process that I feel like dealing with.
0: No, and so like most people, when they go to a medical professional and they know they're going to present something... That person isn't going to understand. They present a different item that will still get them where they need to go.
1: And granted, the newest informed consent model for transgender care says the target gender, not the opposite gender. So it does offer the option of, you know, medically supporting a transition that is not to a binary endpoint. Again, it's still just a whole lot of trouble that I have neither the time nor the energy for at this point in my life. I'm not completely ruling it out as a long-term potential, but...
0: Well, I think it's reasonable to consider that you might have gone through this process sooner in your life had you had the space.
1: I probably would have. And,
0: And a lot of trans folks end up with late transition because of that. I know mine wasn't because... I didn't have the space to figure it out. I figured it out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think I could get where I wanted to be with it.
1: Which at the I was wrong. times you were <laughs> solidly considering it, you, you know, in your early teens, you probably could not have gotten where you wanted to be with it.
0: No, and that was very frightening to me. And there was no, I had no way of accessing this.
1: Mm-hmm. And then in your late young adulthood... You probably could have, but your social and emotional place in life was just not going to support getting where you needed to go with it. Right. And so, you know, I think where you've gotten to is good. I agree. And so to bring it back to the topic of junk. Yes. I have been considering using your andractum. I have been considering, and you had offered it to me, actually.
0: Yeah, I think you have to do some research and... It's not recommended for cis women to use it. So I, what they mean by that is unless you're doing some other transitioning,
1: right? it's well, not
0: recommended.
1: The other thing that the All Saints website says is that it can be used quite well for cisgender women who are neither pregnant nor lactating. You, for, you qualify there. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> for support with libido.
0: Uh, it does support libido well.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yes. Yes. So it's not completely counterindicated for that, female bodies, not transitioning female bodies.
0: And you, and you know that because you read all the words and you were the one ordering it. So
1: I did read all yeah. the words. That's what I've I do. I've mostly
0: seen people's feedback about it, which you know, is concerns mm-hmm. about using, well, any other androgens. Right. So if that's what's on there, then I think that anyone could talk to a medical expert if they needed further information Right. to see if that was okay for them.
1: Hmm. I like the way that my junk functions. I just can't think too much about how it looks while it's functioning.
0: <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I understand that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It's, it's easier for me to get off on my own than it is for me to get off with you because it's all muscle memory at that point. And so I can put my head... anywhere else that I damn well, please, you know, I can watch some porn, I can think about sucking my husband's cock, I can think about all sorts of things that are much more enjoyable than thinking about what I'm putting into which port, right? Because the muscle memory is there. And I'm not actually interacting with it. At that point, I'm interacting with the toys and with my imagination. Yeah. And when I'm with you, I have to actually think about it. Because that's almost there. What do I need to tell him to get him there? Ah, fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can figure it out.
1: You usually do. Yeah. And we're both pretty good at paying attention to what the other person is doing, which is incredibly important.
0: That's why sex is good.
1: Yes. That's why we have very good sex, because we actually care enough to pay attention.
0: Yes. We I'm not very good at attention. Just
1: going to. Spread your legs and trace the alphabet on your dick. No. <laughs> no. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw on Tumblr the other day, somebody was saying that their boyfriend's prosthetic was too big. And he didn't understand that. And it's probably it was like an FTM sex or something, sex mm-hmm. talk. You know, encourage him to try to pleasure you rather than just do what he thinks he might have like, I'm just going to shorten it and say, seen on porn or something, you know, right. It's not just put your dick somewhere. Your
1: partner is an individual and you need to learn them. Yes. You have one dick that's really too long for me.
0: Yes. So we got you a shorter purple one.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. We got the purple one, which is
0: what our joke is all the time when there's a purple something.
1: Yes. They got the purple one. I think that one actually came from our lawyer friend. The purple one? The purple one, yes. It started with our lawyer friend because our lawyer friend had another friend who took their girlfriend to the store for pick your dick day. Okay. And (laughs) he, the, our lawyer friend's other friend was not into pink, purple, hate those colors. Those are girly colors, You know, some, some people get their dysphoria hooked onto those little gendery things and she picked the purple one. Right. And he was like terribly put out by the fact that she picked the purple one. <laughs> and so since then, it's been.
0: But then when, when you went shopping for the purple one, you picked the I did pick
1: one. the purple one, which completely wasn't about the color. It's about the size and the shape and mm-hmm. the curvature is the right angle. And it's the right one mm-hmm. to access my buttons inside the port. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad no. you don't care that it's purple. Nope, I don't. So it's the purple one. Yes. The one that's too big is too long, and I feel like you're poking my tonsils. <laughs> <laughs> it works in some angles, though.
0: Right. What were we talking about before that?
1: Um, Some guy on Tumblr or one of the forums had said something about Oh, yeah, and picking... just learning your partner. Yes. Yes. It, These are the imp- things we, we know. It is important to learn your partner and to pay attention to your partner as you are attending to their physical needs. That's the whole thing I,
0: I think that brought this up for me. Is that for me, I think my dysphoria is less about my junk. Because I know you're paying attention to my pleasure, not what my junk is. Mhm. And so that helps me not worry about it and get more dysphoric. Right. And decide it has to be fixed in a way that I'm terribly frightened means it would never work again.
1: <laughs> uh, that's scary to yeah. me.
0: That, that, that and the whole amount of time it would take to get it fixed.
1: Yeah, that's a process. And yeah.
0: I think it's great that a lot of guys can do that and are gung-ho about it and do well with surgeries and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: In the meantime, the rest of us are dealing with our junk and hopefully it's going well.
1: Anything else you wanted to say about junk?
0: Oh, I'll probably think of it later. You can write it down.
1: <laughs> That's my job. Mm-hmm. I make words. You yes. make thoughts, I make words. Yes,
0: today we didn't write anything down, though. So, But you can. If you think I, it we
1: later. have things that are written down, but you don't want to talk about them.
0: I don't. I'm tired of those things. Was is it more fun to talk about junk?
1: Can we put up the microphone now and we can... Yes, we could. Play with junk. Definitely. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I'm (laughs) grateful for you too, dear. Aw, thank
0: you. That's the whole thing, I, I think, that brought this up for me. Besides that we talk about things to the microphone
1: (laughs) that is what we do